Hey, what's up, Mets fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Mets Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Cutajar, and I can't wait to get back into talking about the Mets. Just to let you all know, I'm now on Twitter. You can find me at PodMets. On this Twitter, I'll be posting whenever there's a new episode, updates about the podcast, and just interacting with Mets fans. So head on over to at PodMets and give it a follow. So in this episode, I want to break down a recent post from SNY. On their Instagram, they posted a slideshow basically breaking down down three trade scenarios for Chris Bryant, Nolan Arenado, and Francisco Lindor, and who they thought that the Mets should give up to acquire them. So I'm going to break down each trade that SNY hypothesizes with and tell you what I think about that. You know, if I think the Mets would be getting good value for their players they'd be trading, and you know what I think and why I ultimately feel that the Lindor trade will be the best of the three. So to start is a trade for Chris Bryant of the Chicago Cubs. So to start it off, the trade is Chris Bryant for Andres Jimenez or Ahmed Rosario and Francisco Alvarez. So to start Chris Bryant, he's 28 years old. He'll be 29 by next season because his birthday's in January. And he's been in the MLB for six years. Over his career, he's hit 280 with a 380 on base percentage of 508 slugging to have an 889 OPS and 142 career home runs. You know, last year he had a down year. You know, he only only batted 206, 293 on base percentage, 351 slugging for a 644 OPS, and only had 11 RBIs with four home runs. And he also only started in 34 of the 60 games. So, you know, he had a down year last year, which could ultimately help the Mets or any team really that's trying to trade for him because his value is now lower really than it's been any other year. But, you know, for his career, he's a very good hitter and an above average fielder, honestly. Uh, over his career, he's got uh, 22 total fielding runs above average average and you know minus four defensive runs saved at third base which isn't great but you know he's not really known more for his glove he's mostly known for his bat and he will be a free agent in 2022 so to break down this scenario from SNY again they say Chris Bryant for either Andres Jimenez or Ahmed Rosario, one of the Mets two shortstops, and Francisco Alvarez. So Francisco Alvarez is where I kind of want to start here. He is their second top prospect in the Mets farm system right now, according to MLB.com. He's a catcher, which, you know, this is where it's a little little shaky getting into these trades is the Mets need a catcher. And, you know, last podcast, I talked about who I thought the Mets should go for in the big four of the free agents. And if you haven't listened to that, be sure to go check it out. But One of the big four is JT Romuto. He's an amazing catcher and really... If you look at the free agent catchers that are available, there's a huge drop off after Real Muto. So if they don't sign Real Muto and they don't go for, you know, a mega deal with him, which I'm sure that's kind of what he's going to be looking for, you know, probably five to eight years, I would assume he probably wants a big deal and, you know, he deserves it. He's definitely worth that, but it'll be tough looking at the Mets' other needs that might be a little more pressing, they might not give Romuto that money, and so they'll go for maybe a lesser or a lower tier catching free agent, such as McCann is a name that's been thrown around there, So or Molina, Yadier Molina, and James McCann, that's who I was talking about from the White Sox. So, you know, both of those guys probably wouldn't be getting long-term deals like Romuto, so if you were to trade Alvarez, then you're kind of losing your one of your top prospects. So, in his one year in the minors, and he played for 
for the Gulf Coast League in the Kingsport Mets. He hit 312, 408 on base percentage, 510 slugging percentage for an OPS of 510. He's a very good prospect, but he's very young. What I'm so that's what I'm saying is, you know, if you end up trading him, you're kind of taking away the future at that position, especially if you don't have that position locked up in a long-term deal. He's a solid hitter. The scouting report talks about how he can hit to all fields. He's average power and he's a good defender and he's got good arm strength. So that's Alvarez in this trade. And now I'm going to dive into Jimenez and Rosario, who are a little more well-known than Alvarez. But again, just to reiterate, I think the risk with Alvarez and trading him is that depending on where the Mets go this offseason in signing a catcher, or if they ultimately just stick with Tomas Nito, they're really taking away the future of that position. And, you know, he's only 19 years old, but then if you take it and you flip that, he's only 19 years old. You don't know if he could be a superstar, whereas Bryant has played now for six years, you know what you're going to get with him. So going with Jimenez now, he was a surprise for the Mets last season. They called him up, and in 49 day, 49 games, he hit 263 uh, with a 333 on base percentage, a 398 slugging percentage for an OPS of 732. So he hit a lot better than people were expecting, and he flashed a little power at times too. So, you know, I... I really loved Jimenez. I thought he was great. And I think the biggest thing was his defense. He had a minus three fielding runs above average and a one defensive run save. And, you know, frankly, he was great at shortstop, especially compared to Rosario, who I'm going to talk about in a little bit, but has really, really struggled on defense. And another good thing with Jimenez is he's got a strong arm. He can play third and he can also play second as well. So, you know, depending on where the Mets decide to go this offseason, whether they trade for Brian or not, you can bounce him around. And then lastly is Rosario and I'm going to get back to Jimenez in a second so Rosario he's in four years with the majors he's been in the majors four years with the Mets and he's played three full seasons his career he's a 268 hitter with a 302 on base percentage and a 403 slugging percentage for an OPS of 305 and his power increased in 2019 when he jumped up from 9 to 15 home runs from 9 to 15 home runs so you know, his power has definitely increased. Last year, he wasn't as great uh, at the plate, but he wasn't terrible either. You know, he he still hit 252. He had four home runs, but again, it's tough to judge last year because of the shortened season. But, you know, his power definitely got better. And also last year, he sort of had his job bounce back and forth with the emergence of Jimenez. So he wasn't getting as much playing time as he did the year before. But the major issue with Rosario and has been documented for years has been his defense. He he has minus 21 total fielding runs above average, which is not good at all, and minus 35 defensive runs saved in his career. He was a lot better in 2019. He had zero fielding runs above average and zero defensive, defensive runs saved, so pretty much straight average there. But in 2020, he went back to minus four and minus three, respectively. So he kind of regressed last year, and you know Jimenez proved to be a far superior fielder when it came to the shortstop position. So my overall take on this trade of Brian for Jimenez or Rosario and Alvarez is that this could be a good deal, but the only way I would make this trade is if Rosario was the one going to the Cubs. I don't think you can send Jimenez there and stick with Rosario at shortstop. You'd be losing a hot young shortstop in this trade if you were to give him to the Cubs, and you're sticking with Rosario, whose confidence and defensive ability has fluctuated for so many years. You don't know if he's going to be the 2019 Rosario or the Rosario from the past and while his offense is getting better and is definitely a lot better than it was it's just not going to be the same as
as keeping Jimenez and having a left side of the infield that's Brian at third and Jimenez at short. That is a way better defensive lineup than if you had Rosario there. So that would be the only way that I would make this trade. Overall, I don't love it that much. I Again, what I was saying about Alvarez, I think that, you know, there's risk in keeping a rookie and someone so young like that, you don't know what they'll be like when they get to the MLB and they're playing their full time. But, you know, I just don't love this trade, especially with the way that the Mets could go with the catcher position and also that I'm assuming, as I will get into later, that teams are probably going to want Jimenez over Rosario. So that is my only worry with this. And so we'll see. We'll see. But that's that's only my that's my worry with this trade. And, you know, I don't particularly love this one overall. Now, before we get into the next few trades, I'm going to take a quick break and then I'll get right back into it. All right, so welcome back and let's get started. So the next trade option that SNY outlines is for Nolan Arenado of the Colorado Rockies. So the trade scenario for Arenado is JD Davis, Jerry's Familia, and Brett Beatty, who is another Mets prospect that I will get into. So just as an outline of Nolan Arenado, he is 29 years old. He has had an exceptional eight-year career in Colorado. He's a five-time All-Star, a seven-time Gold Glove winner, and a four-time Platinum Glove winner. And he also is a four-time silver slugger. So just as that implies, he is a great hitter. His career slash line is a 293 batting average, a 349 on base percentage, and a 541 slugging percentage for an 890 OPS. And you know, the big thing with him though, the big draw for Arenado is his fielding. He has 77 total fielding runs above average and 120 defensive runs saved. So he is just amazing at the hot corner. You know, you can just watch any highlight reel and He's making throws from far into the third base side foul territory all the way to first base. And, you know, since David Wright, frankly, the Mets have not had a third baseman who is at the caliber of Arenado. And Arenado is just unreal watching him. He's probably the best third baseman in the league, honestly, and he brings a really good bat. So there's one, you know, risk in signing Arenado, and that is his contract. So in 2019, February 2019, he signed an eight-year, 200 60 million dollar contract but one of the stipulations in there is a player opt-out after the 2021 season so as i'm going to go into when i kind of sum up this trade one of the biggest fears about here this trade is that you know he could come and play for the mets but after one season he could opt out and become a free agent and then the mets are forced then to try and pay and you know he already has a huge contract you're paying 32 and a half million dollars per year so either then then the the question becomes do you pay him more than that because clearly that's why he's opting out I don't know so that's just one one major you know concern for me with this trade so just to break it down again the trade is Arenado for JD Davis Jerry's Familia and Brett Beatty so Davis he's been on the Mets for two years he's really only been in the league for four years but two full seasons because when he was with the Astros before the Mets traded for him he really was not a full-time player he, he he's a career 268 hitter with a 346 on base percentage a 448 slugging percentage for a 795 OPS. So he has hit 307 and 247 in his two years with the Mets with hitting 307 in 2019 and 247 in 2020. So definitely a drop off from his 307 in 2019, but he was good. If you watch the season, he he came in clutch. He had his ups and downs, but you know, honestly, so did the entire Mets team 
in this weird 2020 shortened season. So fielding, he's played in a bunch of different positions. He's played in left field a bunch for the Mets, but he really kind of shined this season in th at third base, which is where the Mets signed him to play or traded for him to play uh, last season and last offseason. So his total fielding runs above average is minus 15 and total runs saved is minus 19 at third base and uh, minus five for total defensive runs saved and minus nine in 2019 and minus six and minus eight in 2020. So, you know, not the worst, but definitely you would be seeing an upgrade with the trade for Nolan Arenado. And in left field, like I said there, he's minus 11 total fielding runs above average and he's minus 12 defense total defensive runs saved for his career. So he's definitely a better third baseman. But again, when you're comparing uh, J.D. Davis to Nolan Arenado at third base, the, it's not even really a question of who would you like. I mean, the I guess the only benefit would be age. And even there, he's only two years younger than Arenado. So uh, that is not really an issue. So moving on, uh, you get to Familia. He has played with the Mets in Oakland in his career. Obviously, the majority with the Mets. He was a lot better at the beginning of his career, and then he really hit a downward slide the past few years. However, this year, he kind of picked it up. He wasn't terrible this year, and it was a shortened season. You know, he really changed his stature. He, he lost a lot of weight, put on some muscle. He looked a lot better this season than he did last season and any of the past few seasons that he's played. Over his career, he has a three 20 ERA with 124 total saves and 455 strikeouts. So in 2019, which is really his bad year, he had a 570 ERA, but he bumped that up to 371 in 2020. So he clearly has his issues, but he's kind of picking them up in 2020. And, you know, it started off, frankly, it started off pretty bad this year. He was sort of showed glimpses of himself being back to his dominant ways, but then he would regress. But then I would say towards the second half and the end of this past season, he really picked it up and looked like a pretty solid bullpen pitcher. So here again, it's a gamble. You, If you want to trade him, that's perfectly fine. You know, he's good sometimes, he's bad other times. You don't know what you're getting with him. And he hasn't really shown a solid pattern of good or bad. And honestly, his pattern recently has been trending towards the negative. So it might be good to just trade him and not have to worry about that anymore. But on the other hand, then you are now losing a bullpen arm. So that's kind of my mindset looking at Familia. And then finally, is Brett Beatty. So Brett Beatty is the number three overall Mets prospect according to MLB.com. He plays third base and similar to Alvarez in the last trade, you don't know what he could be in the future. In the future he could come up and, you know, be the next third baseman of the Mets. But again, he's really young so it's hard to tell. You could be getting a steal and frankly, you know how Arenado plays in the MLB. So that could just be one of the ways you look at this situation. So in one season with Brooklyn, Kingsport, and the Mets Golf League team, Team. He hit 234, 368 on base percentage, and a 452 slugging percentage for an OPS of 821, which is pretty good. He had seven homers in 51 games. He's an average hitter, but he has good power. And the MLB, MLB.com's scouting report projects him to be a pretty average defender at third because he's got some solid arm strength. So again, looking at this, you don't know how we'll perform in the MLB, but he's got good power in his time in the minor leagues and just his scouting report in general general, but you know, he's more of an average hitter with, you know, decent defensive skills. And in that situation, you kind of have to decide, do you take this gamble and wait for him to develop into the player that you expect him to be being the number three overall Mets prospect? Or do you trade him and get someone immediately that you know is good in the MLB? So 
as a full take on the trade of Arenado for J.D. Davis, Jerry's Familia, and Brett Beatty. I like this trade, but again, I think there are some risks in here with the contract. I think the contract and the opt-out with next year is such a risk, and that's such a scary thought that you could trade and give away Davis, who's a solid third baseman, Familia, who could potentially be a solid arm in the bullpen, and either way, he is just an arm in the bullpen. You don't have to fill that spot up again. And Beatty, who's, you know, got potential, but you don't know what he's going to do, but he's a young guy. It's tough for me to want to give all of that up just to have him, just to have Arenado opt out next year. So I don't mind this trade. I just think the risk with the contract is kind of too big to gamble with because you could end up now having to pay extra money or just lose him altogether for one year of a superstar third baseman. Okay, so now the final trade target that SNY breaks down is one of the top trade targets that the Mets have been connected to, and that is Francisco Lindor, the superstar shortstop from the Cleveland Indians. So SNY's trade scenario for Francisco Lindor is the Mets receiving Francisco Lindor for either Brandon Nimmo or J.D. Davis, and either Andres Jimenez or Ahmed Rosario, and either Thomas Zapucky or Josh Wolf. And the last two are some of the Mets prospects that I will get into in a bit. So this trade is really kind of a flip-flop trade, according to SNY. You know, you've got a you've got either Nimmo or Davis, Jimenez or Rosario, or Zapucky or Wolf, but you're giving them three players for Lindor. So just to go over Lindor's resume, he's 27 years old, he's a four-time All-Star, a two-time Gold Glover, and he's an exceptional hitter and fielder. So his career batting stats, he's a 285 hitter, a 346 on base percentage, and 448 slugging percentage, and he's got a 333 OPS, and he's also hit 138 home runs in his career so he's got good power on top of his very high average hitting as well and his fielding stats are very good too he's got 56 fielding runs above average and 46 defensive runs saved so he's an upgrade over both Jimenez and Rosario even though Jimenez is a very young player you know he's got a lot of potential ahead of him Lindor is a proven great fielder in the MLB so I think the Mets would be getting an upgrade with him no matter what now to get into the other players in this trade. I've already gone over Davis, Jimenez, and Rosario. Nimmo, he plays center and left, and, you know, frankly, he's a much better left fielder than he is a center fielder, and hitting-wise, he is a career 258, 390 on base percentage, and a 448 slugging percentage for an 838 OPS, and, you know, looking at his uh, fielding careers, he's got a minus two total fielding runs above average and a minus 10 defensive run saved and he's a lot better in left field than he is in center field so trading Nimmo you would lose that left fielder and possibly center fielder depending again going back to the Chris Bryant trade depending on what the Mets do with free agency so getting into the prospects since I haven't gone over them yet Thomas Zapucky he is the Mets number eight prospect he's a left-hand pitcher he's 24 years old which is starting to get towards the older end of these prospects definitely a lot older than any of the other prospects in these trades in four seasons, he has gone 6-8 and eight with a 2.42 ERA and 188 strikeouts and 145 innings pitch. So, you know, that's, that's pretty good. However, his career has been plagued by injuries. And, you know, that's kind of something that probably is more of a turnoff to other teams than it is really an issue for the Mets. But, you know, that's where the compromising kind of side of these trades is going to have to come in. And I'm going to get into those, that in a second. And additionally, he's got a low 90s fastball. So, you know, not the hardest thrower, 
but he's got a low 80s breaking ball, which is good. And, you know, according to MLB.com, the scouting report, he's most likely to be a bullpen pitcher if and when he gets to the major league. Now go to Josh Wolf, who's the number nine prospect in the Mets farm system. He's a right-hand pitcher and he's 20 years old, so he's a lot younger. In one season, he pitched to a 338 ERA in five starts. His fastball, however, hits 90 to 97 miles per hour. So he, you know, he's a hard thrower and he's got a curveball that registers in the low 80s. So, you know, if I were to compare these two pitchers, Josh Wolf seems to me, even though he's the number nine prospect, to be the better just pitcher in general or better prospect in general compared to Zapucky. So my take on this trade, I think the Mets would benefit from, and you know, this is hypothetical, I would go with Davis, Rosario, and Wolf. And I know I just said that Wolf is the better of the two prospects, and you know, that's why. I think if you're going to give them Rosario, teams are not going to want Rosario over Jimenez, especially the way that they performed last year. Jimenez is a lot younger, you know, he can be molded to fit the coaching style or just style of play of any team. And in, in this case, it would be the Cleveland Indians. So I think you have to make a compromise there. And I think Wolf kind of has a higher ceiling compared to Zapucky. And while Zapucky could be a good bullpen pitcher, he's older, he's got injuries, and, you know, he doesn't throw as hard compared to Wolf, who is a lot younger. And again, just like Jimenez can be molded to, to the style and choosing of the coaches of the team. So I personally think then if you were to go with Davis Rosario and as the two, you know, major league level players that you're going to trade I think Wolf would have to be the prospect that would go now I don't know what Cleveland particularly is looking for in a trade like this so I don't know maybe they would rather have Zapucky over Wolf I really don't think the Mets should trade Nimmo I would be very unhappy if they traded Nimmo because they need that outfield help I talked about it a lot in the last episode but I think if the Mets were to upgrade the center field position in free agency which I really hope they do because they need help there I think Nimmo is a very good option for left field and I think if you were to trade Nimmo, you are then toying with the you're toying with the idea of placing another non-outfield player, whether it be Davis or McNeil or Smith, into that spot. And I just don't like the idea of that. I know they do need some outfield help, so they probably would rather have Nimmo. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to part ways with him. And your infield and outfield look would then probably have Jimenez at second, Lindor at short, JD Davis at third, and then in left field you would put McNeil. I don't particularly like like that I would rather send Davis over than Nimmo and you can then put Jimenez at third and McNeil at second and keep Nimmo in left field and then fill in your outfield from there. I think there are a bunch of ways to look at this one especially since SNY provides so much leeway and choice in who you send over but I think that this honestly is the best trade for the Mets since Lindor is also the youngest of all of these trade options. I think then you ink him to a big deal. You keep him for a while. You know he's a very good field He's a two-time gold glover. He's a four-time all-star again, like I said, and he's a great hitter and he's got power. So overall, I think he would really, really benefit the Mets, adding that switch hitting batter to the lineup who's got a lot of power and great fielding skills. So in order of these three SNY trades, I would go with Lindor first, Bryant second, and Arenado third. I think Arenado's contract with his opt-out just really has too much risk to it to give up a lot of prospects to possibly lose him after just one year. 
here. I think Bryant and Lindor are also both younger, so there's a little more potential there for, you know, just longevity. And I would be more willing to go with Lindor over Bryant because I think Lindor can go and play shortstop and you can then figure out your infield from there with Jimenez and McNeil, you know, filling in the other two positions in the infield besides for space a little more freely than you do with Bryant because now you're sort of trapped with possible what do you do with Davis are you going to trade Davis who are you going to play at short and second and you know you kind of then have an abundance of players that you really don't know what you do with I think Lindor sort of shores up your infield while filling out the rest of the positions frankly on your team without causing too many problems so overall I think all these trades honestly are not terrible I think they're pretty good there's you know obviously some risk and reward in any type of trade that you go for so let me know what you think. Tweet me at PodMets, as I said before, and just let me know what you think. But overall, I think the Lindor trade is probably the best one of these three and the one that I would be the most for. But again, all of these players are superstars. If you could get one of them on your team, it would be good. You just have to be careful about what you do and who you give up for each player. So that's going to be it for me and this episode of the Mets Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Cottajar, and thank you so much for listening be sure to go and follow at pod mets for twitter updates and that's gonna be it let's go mets